we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means, on infiltration instead of invasion, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. There is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. All right, welcome to episode 61 of the Abuse Hour. It is I, your host, Coffee Long, coming to you from the mobile doomsday studio, rolling hard, unsupervised, unmedicated, and an unchecked threat to society. So, typically, I like to put out something like every week or so, and, you know, usually when I say every week or so, then that gets all fucked up, and then somehow I end up putting out something like every two weeks, or every week and a half, or three weeks, or when the hell ever, but it also means I can reserve the right to put out something in less than a week, which is a good deal, and, uh, you know, it's one of those... Those rare occasions where doing everything by yourself means you don't have anybody breaking balls over, hey, do it this way, do it that way. So whatever, this is the way we're doing it. But um, yeah, I wanted to get something out, man, because uh, a couple a couple things came up. Some new shit, man, has come to light. And uh, what the fuck? You see, this is a problem with trying to do this while you drive there. It'll be like some fuckstick kid that wants to ride the wrong way down the fucking street while he's looking at his phone. In any case, so some things have come up, and um, for one, there's a, there's a piece of legislation getting pushed, which has pretty much zero chance of going anywhere, but still warrants talking about anyways, because it sort of lays the groundwork for what could come down the road, and I'll get into the sort of housing wise on that as we move along. But also, uh, one of the guys in the uh, in the chat posted a video of himself, he self, and some other guys doing a little shoot, move, and communicate type thing. And it's fantastic work. Let me say that up front, man. Good work. Good to see. Fantastic. And as we're bringing it up, uh, while I'm thinking of it, it does sort of remind me that that you know not everybody has a, a lot of experience, so. We'll talk through some um, some basic how-tos, man. And I know I'm always running on, like, yeah, I'll give you some fucking how-to, but I'm always, and I get sidetracked and ranting and raving, and I never fucking do. But this time, I even have, I have some prep, and um, I'll lay that action out for you, and I figured the way that I would do it, I'm going to go with a little less, try to go with a little less ranting and raving this time, and try to hit more on... Um, some of the no shit nuts and bolts of like, all right, here is how you execute these skills. And it kind of sucks ass because I mean, this is, you get like stereo instructions. Like what is this shit? You know, like you put the record on and you know, this guy's going to tell you how to shoot, move and communicate. Like, what is this? I thought about trying to do like a video type thing, but a couple, a couple hindrances there. Like one, obviously I'm not going to have my fucking mug out there. Two, the audio issue, which I'm impaired enough on as it is. But three, I got this thing where I've always got to be doing like three different things at once. So like I actually started to sit down and record this episode at the pad, like in a nice little spot. Like if you listen to some of the earlier episodes, like I did actually carve out time. Like I'm going to put together something nice, man, nice audio, nice everything. And then even instances where I record an episode and it sounded like ass, I just shit can it. And like, wait, and like, here you go. I'm going to make it sound nice. 
but you know the way I do everything like you just kind of half-assed so uh, I started down that road I'm like you know man I got too many fish to fucking fry so I just got back in the doomsday mobile here we are again and um, you're gonna get that mid-grade quality audio but uh, I will give you some good some good shit so um, first uh, well I don't know man a couple couple small items items between here and there my bro uh, Stuka Fliegert hit me up and was like Hey man, did your, did your uh, Instagram get sucked again? I'm like, yes, I guess last night I looked at that and it was like, yeah, we logged you out. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, we disabled your account. I'm like, what the hell? And uh, like the little note this time, like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't one of those deals where like it was repeated things were like, yeah, man, you posted your favorite uncle in a Christmas sweater or, you know, you posted too many pictures of bananas with former presidents or whatever. This was a deal where it was like, yeah, our technology detected a violation of our terms, so our technology took action. If you think this decision was made in error, go fuck yourself. Like, there's, like, no options, no nothing. Like, yeah, no, your stuff's just gone. Which, you know, on one hand, Instagram had become, has become, pretty much just a kosher echo chamber where, like, you know, you post some, you know, like there's, there's our little circles where like the, the ability to dog whistle is getting increasingly restricted where like literally anything you say, man, like you put a Depeche Mode song over something and it's like, oh, I know what you meant by that, dude. We took your post down, bro, because, because, you know, and, um, I had gotten to the point on there where I was just, I was not posting anything very colorful or spicy or interesting or anything of the sort, man. And it was just, I, I mean, it felt kind of lame and it did actually start to feel like it started to feel like the time sucked that it is. So I kind of think at this point, like, you know, I'm just going to let it go dude. just let it go. And, uh, like I'm some kind of a degenerate in a Disney movie and we'll leave that to its devices. And, uh, there's plenty of other stuff to work on anyways as we will get to. Uh, other item before I get to that, apparently, yeah, I do not sprechen the Deutsch all that well, and whatever I was talking about last time, a couple dudes hit me up in the uh, in the chat, and they're like, yeah, dude, your Deutsch is, is dicked, so that's what you think it means, don't mean what you think it means, and I was like, yeah, thank God you're here, thank God you're here, where would I be without my trusty translators? So, tip of the hat to you, gents, yeah, I'll count on you for all my future Deutsch needs. Uh, what else, man? Not really much else, man, because I only posted uh, something a few days ago. But, yeah, not too much else in that realm. So what I figured I'd do here is I want to hit this uh, I want to hit this news story that was on Zero Hedge real quick-like. And then uh, I want to move into some of these individual operational skills. So when you start talking, like, let me kind of preface this, that, like, you start talking about operational skills, like shooter skills, right? I mean, dude, even, like, a long time ago, people were saying, like, opinions on this are like assholes. Everybody has one. All right, so, uh, there's going to be some stuff that you might hear that's like, well, bro, I've heard it this way, or I've seen it like this, or I prefer it that way. I'm going to try not to go down the road of, like, you should do like this, what I want to try to put on you is the idea behind it. Like, what's the philosophy right here? What's your kind of left and right limits? Like, what are you trying to accomplish as you think through this? Then I can hand you, like, a couple of tactics. 
or a couple of best practices or a couple of concepts, uh, maybe a couple of drills. But um, what you'll have then is like, well, here's what coffee is putting out, but the reason he's putting out is this, but my situation is X, so X is what I'm going to do instead to handle this. Dude, that's solid operating right there. So we'll come to that in due course. So first item then, the thing I wanted to hit on is um, there is this deal getting floated by these these demon rats called the, uh, what is this, the Prevention of Private Paramilitary Organizations Act. And this piece of work is getting pushed by one Ed Mackey, I guess, a Democrat from Massachusetts. And the idea of this is essentially to prevent well, you or anyone else. Well, like, let's call it what it is, dude. The idea of this is to prevent white people from organizing in a way that allows them to defend themselves. So the way this guy is specifying this is that, um, according to the text of this proposed bill, is that three or more people organizing for the purpose of combat or training for combat or law enforcement or security or to project force or anything of that nature will now become illegal, all right? And it's specifying here that while in possession of a firearm, incendiary device, or other lethal or harmful device, that, I think, that could become any fucking thing, right? Like, so you're holding a big flashlight, you know, while some guys uh, practice running through the woods in the dark or something. Like, okay, well, now you're, you're in tricky territory. It's hard to say... Uh, you know exactly what what you were up to here but the exceptions that he's talking about here then would include obviously the National Guard um, what else here uh, military reenactment so like Civil War actors veterans groups. but he specifies bona fide veterans groups that have demonstrated no intent to essentially, you know, take up arms to, you know, I guess really to defend themselves or to take any action. So, you know, I don't know, like we're just veterans groups. We just like to walk around and basically veterans LARPing as veterans or something like, like you're still in or something like, let's all go get haircuts and show up early for something that we don't really need to be there for. Like that's, that's realism in training right there. And then not uh, specifying student groups that are like, in, as part of a state approved program type thing. So basically like as long as we give you some kind of sign off, then you can walk out here with your guns and do some kind of LARPy doodle thing and do whatever you're going to do. Otherwise you're breaking the law further along. And now like, just like the, the concept of this, like our mind naturally, I think shifts to something like, okay, well, so if what you're talking about here is really intent right? Because if it's a bunch of guys that just go out shooting, yeah, we're going to go set up some, uh, you know, I don't know what, some, some beer cans and we're going to sight in and we're going to plink away and fuck around then. Okay. Well, obviously I, I guess by the letter of this law, that would be all right. Um, but if you're going to do any kind of a thing, like, you know, we're going to do some kind of, uh, you know, functional drill where we're operating as, three guys are shooting and moving or making calls or shifting this way, that way, any of this kind of stuff. Okay. Well now that's an intent. Like you might be looking to engage in combat or training for the purpose of engaging in combat. And now you're breaking the law. So our mindset, I think naturally shifts to like, okay, well you're trying to judge my intent. 
and you can't do that, right? Because, well, now what if we talk about like, well, what if somebody intends to groom a child, right? Like you, you, you put on the makeup, right? You're, you're hanging out in a library where kids are obviously going to be, you're going to a playground, you're, you know, inviting minors into this highly sexualized environment. I'm going to guess that you're intending to groom them. No, 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 no. That's not, uh, that's, that, we don't give a shit about that. What if it's an actual government official saying, hey, find the, these, uh, these people of this particular political belief and confront them publicly? Burn this bitch down. We've got to cut the throat of this sort of mindset. All right, well, what about that? Oh, no, we're not going to really, we're not going to address that. Okay, well, what about people uh, obstructing, uh, obstructing traffic and destroying businesses and setting things on fire? Ah, uh, well, no, that doesn't really specify. Because when you look at the, the text of this bill, like what this guy is saying, that like this all stems right back to like this this attempt to paint this January 6th thing as like a no-shit armed insurrection, like we're here to take over this country. And based on some of the footage I saw, like, yeah, there probably were some people that were pissed off because from what I saw, like... Um, chemical agents being launched like straight into people or people just taking a fucking beating from somebody's law enforcement on hand yeah I could see being pretty pissed off too I mean I had the good sense not to show up to something like that but I could see people being pretty pissed off that like motherfucker like I just came out here to to have my voice heard and now I'm getting my head cracked no man I'm not having this all right but what they're trying to paint this as is like this guy knows shit. Like the text of this thing, this guy talking about it is like the white supremacist attempted insurrection. So like this thing has shifted very much from like yes, it's it's Trump supporters, it's uh, right wing people, it's constitutionalist types, maybe it's libertarians or whatever. But whatever it used to be, now it's very much. Like, uh, no, dude, it's white supremacists. It's all white supremacists. And bigots and hateful people, you know, such as the, um, what does it specify here? The Oath Keepers, the Three Percenters, and the Proud Boys. So I don't really have, me, myself, I don't have any firsthand experience with any of these groups. But, I mean, from what I do understand, Oath Keepers, like, this is uh, kind of based on this idea, you know, you, you get sworn into the military and you're talking about protecting the, you know, supporting and defending the Constitution from all enemies, foreign and domestic, right? And these people are talking about, well, I'm going to keep my oath. And on one hand, I can respect that. But on the other hand, I'm like, dude, do you not see that you're really the only one following up on this? Like, you're really the only one that gives a shit about this? Like, these people are wiping their ass with everything that this country conceptually or ever used to stand for so like what are we actually getting at here like you're trying to fight a fight that has long since been lost dude so you know you, you kind of got to readdress that and we're talking about this three percent thing and i know even less about this i believe the concept here is something along the lines of you know if three percent of a population starts to feel like you know, hey man, something ought to be done about the way business is being handled in this society, then that's really all it takes and dominoes will start falling. I believe that's kind of where that 3% thing stems from. The uh, the Proud Boys, I don't, again, I don't know anything firsthand about these people. I never hung out with them. I did talk to one dude once who I think he went to like one meeting or meetup or event or something with them wasn't formally part of them so far as I know 
But uh, the way I heard it was like, like this guy's talking about, yeah, dude, it's just a, they they even talk about themselves as like, yeah, there's a drinking club. All we do is get together and drink and talk shit. And, uh, you know, maybe they go and do some shooting or something. But otherwise, like, I guess people that are more or less anti-degenerate, I don't know. I mean, I, I, mean, I do know that, like, this thing was stood up originally by Gavin McGinnis and that guy is a thousand miles from anything you would call our guy. And I mean, this is the guy that no shit like stuck a rubber dick up his own ass on TV. Like, so like a threat to common decency, maybe, but certainly not a national security issue. I feel pretty sure about that. So as far as like any of these cats, well, I mean, and then if I remember right, the dude that was in charge of the Proud Boys, I believe that guy ended up getting time uh, for not even being in attendance at that January 16th. And he was like, I don't know what, that guy was like Puerto Rican or something, some kind of a thing. And then to whatever degree people in these organizations turned out to be federal informants, I just, like, get to the part, get to the white supremacist part, because I'm confused as hell right now, right, over this whole thing. But nonetheless, it doesn't stop this uh, Ed Mackey from... Um, yeah, like this is uh, it's uh, the January 6th thing. It's uh, you know it's a huge, it's a huge risk, and these are the people that are out there, and we got to do something about it. Like there was absolutely no mention made of like the billions and billions of dollars uh, worth of damage generated by the uh, the whole summer of love, dirty black summer BLM situation. Like no mention of any of that shit. Uh, no mention of any of the. Um, military-age males coming over the borders in record numbers, like, not going to really mention any of that. No, our only real concern is what they perceive to be privately organized militias. So, the general uh, outlook on this from what I've seen is that people are saying, oh, this will never get past the House, so this will never get past the Senate. There's just no way. And my question is, like, well, why not, bud? Like, why the fuck not? Because, I mean, at what point did people start actually, you know, I mean, how, how much farther along do we need to get before these um, these politician types are just like, yeah, dude, we'll just vote for whatever, man. Like, uh, yeah, I'm going to give myself a million dollar a year raise. How's that? And you can't ever even own or possess a weapon unless you're a federally authorized agent. How's that grab you? Like, yeah, that'll never, that'll never pass the Constitution. Like, okay, well, you know, do you think they give a shit about that? Really? Do you really believe that anybody except you gives a shit about that? So, again, man, whether this, whether it's this time around or next time around, my forecast is that something along these lines gets, gets put forward, starts making progress. I mean, they've humped this thing for so fucking long people are going to start to give ground. And if there's nothing that Republicans are good for, they're definitely good for losing gracefully. So expect them to lose gracefully on this at some point as well. What that translates to you is um, decision time, man. Decision time. Fork in the road. And I will never be the one to come on here and tell you like anything other than remember to, to obey all... Uh, statutes, laws, regulations, federal, local, and otherwise at all times. I would never say to do anything like that. I will tell you that not unlike prom night, the time to fuck or get fucked is coming real soon. So act accordingly. So with that in mind, 
I wanted to move along to some of these operational skills. And the way I figured I would do this is, um, you know, I mean, I think it's really, it's really easy with something like this to spin off into the fucking weeds and go down rabbit holes and get into finite discussions on, you know, the minutia of all of this shit. And really, you know, when you start doing this kind of thing, it's, it's less like, you know, a straightforward trip down the road and it's more like a spider web where one thing is hooked to nine other things and you kind of go off this direction that direction the other direction what I'd kind of like to do I guess is sort of lay out some general ideas the philosophies behind it and then get into some individual skills and the logic behind those skills and then maybe a couple like a few small discussions on like you know here's one perspective you could take or you know here's a slightly different way you could do it or just a few things like that something that you could work with all right so kind of first thing in laying this out man when we start talking about operational skills or shooter skills anything like this the thing that needs to be driven home that needs to be beaten into the ground is we are not talking about like your shooting competition day at the range type shit that shit is apples and fucking oranges all right, I cannot say that enough. What you're talking about, when we're talking about operational skills, we're talking about you trying to kill somebody else while they're trying to kill you. All right. So a lot of times, you know, ideally, you know, where we want to be is we're not engaging in a situation like that except on our own terms. All right. So if all of a sudden we find ourselves in a situation where somebody is trying to kill us, you know, and um, and we didn't have any kind of plans in this direction where we're like, holy fuck, I'm getting it on. I don't need this. That's a situation where you want to be breaking contact, you know, just kind of caveat there. Usually you don't want to stay for a fight that you didn't start. All right. You want to fucking get out of town. That, that might sound contradictory to what you might expect, you know, from an operator. But that's the way it is, dude. I try not to stay in a fight that I didn't start. As such, then, if you're not going around trying to start fights, you know, then ideally you won't find yourself in that situation too often. But that's the thing I want to drive home here is we are not talking about a day at the range. We're talking about the kill or be killed situation. So from that end of things, uh, a lot of this shit that you see, you know, and, and hey, like the, the, the racing guys, you know, like the shooting guys, guys that go to competitions, the, the multi-gun type thing, all that, that's well and good, dude, that's cool, that's neato, if you enjoy it, knock yourself out, but do not mistake this shit for that shit, alright, do not fucking do it, alright, because that will get you fucking smoked, the reason there's a difference is because that flight or fight thing is no shit, it is no joke, like the first time you go hot in a gunfight, you won't even see your fucking sights, you won't even, you might not remember half of it, like I did what? Like, shit will just fucking happen. And the thing to take away there is that you will perform in the fight the way that you trained. So, like, the old story that everybody tells, and if you haven't heard it, you're going to hear it now. If you've heard it before, you get to hear it again, is that there was a study a while back on cops in some major urban hellhole. And um, what they saw was, this was back when cops still carried revolvers. So this is, like, it's a pretty old deal, but um, it's... I mean, it's, it bears repeating, but this, this, uh, this study speaks to the effect of training scars. So training scars is something that happens when you train a certain way 
and then a negative impact of that training practice carries over into your real life execution. So in this study, uh, this was back when cops carried revolvers, and what they saw was like if cops got in a firefight with you know Joe bank robber or what fucking ever. Um, they would get in a firefight and now they engage, bang, bang, bang. And now they're like scrunched behind a car or whatever. And they're going to have to reload and they'd carry these like fucking speed reloaders that are, I don't know if you've seen it, man, like a speed reloader for a revolver. It's like, however many it is, like six bullets on this kind of a, I don't know what you'd even call the fucking thing, like a clip thing that you like clink, like put into the revolver wheel and then release it and then shut it. So it's faster than loading one round at a time into this fucking revolver. Like it's obviously an old study. But uh, what they found then was that cops that got smoked in these firefights, they would die with pockets full of fucking brass. All right. So what that tells you is what they were doing was they engage with Joe bank robber, bang, bang, bang. And then they go dry, like click, right? You got no more rounds in your fucking revolver. Now they get behind a car or trash can or whatever, and they got to reload. So they pop that revolver open and now they go to dump those fucking, um, they go to dump those, the, the brass out of their revolver, like the spent rounds. Right. But then they put the brass in their fucking pocket. So they take time to put the brass in their pocket before they reach for that speed loader to reload. And the reason that happens is because when they're at the range, that's what they're doing is so they don't have to spend time picking up brass, right? So they shoot, 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 then they step back, da da da, put the brass in my pocket, okay, reach for the reloader, and now I re-engage. All right, so it sounds really fucking stupid when you hear it like that, like what a dumbass. But there are still things like that that we do, you know, not not we as operators, but people, shooters. Uh, there are still small things that get done that are, you know, the kind of things that will get you killed if you try doing that shit in real life. All right, so one of those things, uh, well, fuck, man. I'll, I'll give you one thing, and then we're going to continue on. So one thing is a thing called second sight picture, all right? And second sight picture is... When you engage, like you're, there's, you know, Joe bad guy over there and you're going to shoot, shoot, shoot. And you're like, okay, I'm going to put like two in the chest, one on the head, bang, bang, bang. And now you're done. And now you like pull your weapon back and you go and you look down there, you know, with your special eyes or whatever. And you try to see like, where do my rounds go? Was I shooting tight? Should I be shooting faster? Whatever. And you know, instead of staying on that target and you're like, bang, bang, bang. And now you're looking, right? You drop your weapon and you're looking. So the idea of second sight picture is that you sh you've got something in your head like, okay, I'm going to go two to the chest, one to the head. So you engage, bang, bang, bang. And now instead of looking down there, you keep your eyes on your sights as though you're going to take another shot. Because the concept behind it is in a combat situation, you want to shoot until the target is eliminated. Okay, this is not fucking target practice. This is not like a little competition where it's like two rounds here, two rounds here, two rounds here, then mag change, move to the next station, two rounds, two rounds, whatever. Okay, no, man, like that guy's shooting at you, you're shooting at him, shoot, 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 engage until that threat is eliminated or until you can get away, all right? So that's that's an example of like a difference there when I'm talking about mindset, all right, with the, with the combat shooting versus target or, you know, competition shooting. So... Further than, like moving along with the idea of mindset, the idea here is that if you're, we'll say patrolling, and this is essentially like moving through what could be a medium to high risk environment. So if it's a no risk environment, like it's at your house, 
you know, unless you live in the hood, you know, who knows. But if you're someplace where you feel safe, you're good to go, everything's casual, you're not, you have no real need to patrol. Okay, so the idea of patrolling, that's you and your boys. You could be on foot, you could be in a vehicle, uh, but you're moving with the, with the mindset that I could have to engage at any moment. I need to be prepared to engage and act accordingly. Whether that's, uh, you know, we're, we're at a point where like, if I get engaged here, there's not really a way that I can move back. I have to go forward. So you have that in your mind. Or if I get engaged here, we're going to suppress the fire. We're going to break contact. We're going to escape. All right. And that's something we'll talk about next time. But the mindset here is that you're patrolling. You're patrolling with the mindset of, I might get in an engagement. I have to be mentally prepared for that. So as you're moving along then, I want to kind of, I want to kind of put this out as like, things that you see, things that you hear, the way that you see guys carrying weapons, uh, kind of the, the, the physical posture, like the grip, the way they walk and so on. None of this shit is a one size fits all. All right. It varies up and down. Like you can think of it kind of a, on a scale, right? Like you start to get like, you like, say you're at your house or you're at like a lot of places, like you're at a college and now you want to try to walk to some bar you got to walk through the hood, right? So like right when you step out, everything's cool. Everything's going to be fine. Now you cross this one street. It could be a little bit dodgy. You go a few more blocks up. It could be a little more sketchy. Now you're in the shit. Like you got to watch your ass around here. All right. Like your mental, like your, your mental status, the way that you walk, the way you and your boys kind of space out. I don't mean like you, you know, don't pay attention. I mean the way your spacing is, right? Like you're not standing exactly next to each other. You can all kind of keep an eye on each other, right? The way you're physically spaced, right? All that shit kind of adjusts, right? It slowly fluctuates. It's not like an on-off, all right? And then as you get closer to whatever that bar is at the far end of town, now you, you kind of adjust back to that, like, yeah, everything's cool now, everything's good, right? Does that, does that make sense? I'm not saying walk through the fucking hood to go get a beer. I'm, I'm just kind of drawing a picture here, painting an example, if you like. So that's kind of the mindset as you're moving through this. So when I talk through some of these things, don't take a lot of this as like, I got to always carry my weapon like this. I got to always be walking like that. That's not what I'm saying, man. I'm giving you like one situation. All right. Well, it'll make sense as we, as we get to it. All right. So real quick on uh, some like the common, the common equipment for your, uh, your operator type shit. Um, as you're moving along here. Uh, so I saw this video that the dudes posted in the chat. And again, very cool, very cool. I saw guys making calls. I saw guys with their head on a swivel. These are, uh, I'll tell you something, man. These are not easy skills to learn, to be able to engage a target, to be able to communicate, to be able to pass the word, to be able to physically move forward, backward, side to side. This shit is not easy. And to see dudes practicing it, that was super, super cool. And guys did a really good job. Um, to save you guys the trouble of learning some of these some of these lessons the hard way, I'll give you like a few like a few tips that are like like this isn't shit I figured out like this is shit that got handed down to me. All right, so um, real quick then we'll talk like through some common equipment things. We'll talk through like, some specialized equipment things like real quick. I'm not getting in the weeds with this shit, and then we'll talk through some basic skills for moving, uh, shooting, reloading, and so on and so on. Uh, all right, so common shit like what I see you guys have there. You guys have your weapons. That's good. Um, typically, you're gonna want to have you're gonna want to have two, like a a rifle and a pistol, if you can afford that. If you can't, run with what you got, man. Do what you got to do. 
um, you're going to want to have some mags. And the idea here is that you want to be able to reload enough to get yourself out of the situation. You got to always be thinking of getting out of a situation. Uh, in the special operations business, uh, we always work as the numerically inferior force. Like there's always going to be less of us than whoever we're going out there against. So one of our key things to keep in mind is always, how do I get my ass out of this? Right. We did have the benefit a lot of times of having like AC 130 overhead or like a drone overhead or like a QRF, like a quick reaction force on standby. That's a huge help, man. And it's a very warm fuzzy when you're like, yeah, somebody rained down hell on these fuckers over in this building. Like, and now they're fucking gone. And you walk out here like it's a day at the park. That's really nice. But there's other times where like, I don't have the rest of the fucking afternoon to work this out, man. Like I need help yesterday. All right, so you got to have a fucking plan. Like, how am I going to get out of here? And those are skills you can build on as time goes on. But um, in terms of your gear, then, I see helmets, I see body armor. That's good stuff. Uh, like, your basic body armor setup, a lot of guys like to wear the 9 mil wrap, and that's good for, like, explosive. That's good for handgun. Um, me, I didn't ever wear it that much just because it got so fucking hot, man. And I will tell you, like, a lot of cats will say, like, dude, I'd rather be hot than dead. And, and if you're functional, if you can cruise around, if you're, like, a stud enough, you can just cruise around all day with that shit on. All right, cool, man. Do your thing, baby. Um, I will tell you, though, like, for guys that would run around with, like, like, the fucking catcher's mitt thing over their balls and the side plates. And I think there was even a rig they were talking about where guys had, like, shoulder plate type shit. Uh, dude, I can't do that shit, man. Like I, the, like the first time, the first time I did a proper foot patrol in Iraq, dude, we were walking and we were doing a daylight patrol cause it was turnover deal. And like, we'd always do turnovers in the daytime. So you could get out there and see what the fuck's going on. And I'd see the guys that we're turning over with and they're like, their shit is stripped down. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I'm just getting here and get my feet on the ground. I'm going to carry... You know, I got like fucking eight mags and side plates and the nine mil wrap and the front and back plate and a fucking big ass camelback and all this shit, man, all this shit hanging off of me. And we're walking, dude, and it's the middle of the day and I'm like, I'm going to fucking die. And so now normally when you walk along, your mindset should be like whether, whether you walk along or you drive along, your mindset should be, what if I get contacted here? What if I get contacted here? Okay, what if I get contacted? So, like, just like you drive through town and you're looking at, like, oh, there's a stoplight coming up. Oh, there's, like, what looks like a little on-ramp coming on right here. I got to watch out for people pulling on. When you cruise along like this, whether it's in a car or on foot, you got to be looking in terms of, like, what if I get shot at here? What if I get shot at here? What if I get shot at here? So, you're kind of mentally, like, not super actively, but still mentally making a note of, like, where are my outs? Where's the cover? How about that tree over there? How about that wall? Um, just sort of keeping track of where you are and what's going on. So like if at any second, somebody it's like snap contact and you're like, Oh shit. Like you're not completely fucked up. Like, Holy fuck. Where do I go? Like that tree blip. And now you're good. All right. I mean, you're not good, good, but you're a lot better than just standing there like a fucking retard, you know, waiting to get smoked. All right, so in that sense, then, what you wear and how you wear it, that can, one, it can depend on how you like to roll, and two, it can depend on your situation. So if you've seen operators anywhere, you'll always see them fucking with their gear, all right? They're always like, I'm moving this here, I'm moving that there. 
Part of it is because like the whole time you're cruising, you're like, oh, this is a little uncomfortable. I need this this time. I need that this time. I need explosive charges. I need fucking uh, smoke grenade, whatever the fuck I need. And you're trying to figure out how to rig it and where to rig it. And it'll make your shit sit a little different or ride a little different. So guys are always adjusting and moving. And then just based on the mission. So um, I don't know if you might have seen or heard... But apparently, I've seen these reports that in the last few days that uh, there were two operators that got lost at sea on a, um, on a, I guess, counter-piracy operation off the coast of Somalia. And I haven't seen, I don't have any inside baseball, like the, I've seen the newspapers like you have, man. I haven't heard shit beyond that. Uh, what I can tell you, though, is about like a counter pi- counter piracy type thing. You're talking about visit board search seizure ops. So VBSS is shipboarding for the longest time, man, like before Iraq kicked off good and proper. Um, this was like one of the only shows in town, man. This was like the big to do, like people were training hard for VBSS. And apparently what happened on this op was that somebody fell off. Well, I'll get to how in a minute. Somebody fell into the ocean, and the SOP is that, like, who's ever there with them? Like, you got to go with, dude, because you can't just leave a guy out there by himself. So one guy falls in, like, I fuck, and now blip, and you go. The deal with that, though, man, and so where I'm getting to this thing on, like, having your gear the way you need it, is for VBSS, you would get a special setup of gear where it's got quick release for your plates. All right, so you fall in the drink... Right? There's not a fucking way you're swimming those plates, man. You think you're swimming these fucking plates, you can fuck off. All right? Now, a long time ago, it was, and I, I don't know to what sh- degree this shit still gets debated or fucked around with or whatever, but it was a big debate on, like, should a guy be inherently buoyant? So, like, if you fall in, you can, like, bloop, bloop, and float back up to the top on your own? Or should it be, um, it should be, like, you have to take positive action. Like, you have to initiate the the buoyancy device so the last time i did a vbss uh like i've done both dude i've done a lot of both i didn't mind having you're basically wearing like a fucking boating like fishing vest under your body armor i didn't mind it that much it was fucking fine um there were uh some dudes didn't like it some dudes did whatever but what we ended up settling on was this this deal where you got to take the positive action and it's a deal that goes around your waist and it's got like a little pouch on each side and then when you pull the D-rings on each side, it will initiate like this like life preserver thing around your waist. And it sounds corny, I guess, when I say it, but it's not super big, but it would like blow up and it would put you up to the surface, help you get up to the surface anyway. Uh, in the meantime, then, you have to go through what's called ditch procedures. So this means like you got to get rid of your rifle, your helmet, and your plates. You got to do it fucking expeditiously. Because you ever throw like a fucking brick into the fucking water or like a big rock, right, into a river or something? Like that shit doesn't sink slow. That shit sinks yesterday. So if you fall in the drink with all this shit on, all right, you got to unass all that stuff in a big fucking hurry. So you're talking about, like, like my ditch procedure was like helmet off, rifle off, front plate, back plate, and now, boom, positive initiate. All right, so get that fucking floaty thing out there. What would happen when you're a new guy or when you're a young guy is, like, you'd be jocking up to go do, like, a dry run or something or go do a practice run. 
and the boss will come to you and be like, you ditch. And you're like, fuck. And now you got to like pull all this shit off in that exact order and then hit your fucking initiators. And you're the guy responsible for cleaning this shit because you're going to be on and off helos and shit. You're going to, you might be in and out of the water, uh, with this shit. If you're doing some kind of fucking helo cast and recovery deal. So you got to be able to do this shit expeditiously and you got to keep it maintained. So if you hit that fucking, uh, flotation device and it's like, and it don't fucking work cause it's all salty and shitty cause you haven't taken care of it. Guess who's on the fucking hook for that. So this was in the day, dude. And I don't know. I mean, I had the chance to see a lot of skills kind of fall by the wayside as I got older and I went back as an instructor there were some things like that that fell by the wayside. I don't know that that's what happened. I mean, it's very, very possible that dudes could have fallen in and it's like, it fucking sucks to say, but like, it's very possible that the, like the way that this works is you pull up alongside in a much smaller, like, like a rigid hold inflatable boat, right? You got like boat dudes driving this thing. They'll pull up alongside and now you're going to hook and climb onto the target vessel. But as you're doing this, man, like if you ever see, if you get a chance, I don't know where you would see it, but if you happen to see a video of any kind of ship underway, container ship, cargo ship, Navy ship, whatever ship, and you see these things underway, man, like you look at, don't just look at the big fucking ship, like look at the water next to it. Because these are big fucking things, man. And they're fucking moving across this water. And what these fuckers will do when they'll, you know, they see that they're being boarded and they don't want to be boarded, they'll steer into the fucking swell. So they'll steer into like the, the way that the waves are coming and out to sea like there's always the swells going some kind of way because there will be wind and what have you. So they'll steer into this. So now you like for the big ass ship, it's like it does, they don't might not really even notice that much. But for you in this much smaller boat, you're like kablam, kablam, kablam. So now as you're on this little ass ladder trying to get onto this ladder and get up there, the boat is going up and down a whole fucking lot relative to that ship you're trying to get on. So you try to grab onto this ladder at the top of the swell. You try to grab on like did it and try to get on like hook onto this fucking ladder before the boat drops out from under you. And now you, I mean, that thing could be like four feet down now. And the last thing you want is falling like four fucking feet onto a moving boat loaded up with all this body armor and shit and a bunch of guys underneath you. So when a guy does fall, I saw one guy fall once, man, and it's it's fucking dodgy, dude. It's dodgy fucking business. When a ship is underway, I mean, depending on where you're trying to climb onto this fucking thing, there ain't nothing that says that you don't fall to, like, the, the underside. Like, if you fall between the boat and the ship, like, there's nothing saying that you don't get fucking wrecked. Like, if you fall in there, there's nothing saying that you don't just get sucked underneath the ship and then right into the fucking screws, dude. It could fucking happen. Uh, it fucking sucks to think about, but that is that is not beyond the realm of possibility for these dudes. So, I don't know that they've been found yet. I don't know the details, but what I'm getting at here is that, like, your fucking gear matters, dude. So, you gotta, you gotta take it on yourself to be intimately familiar with what kind of shit you have what kind of shit you might need. Don't settle on some shit that's like, yeah, this is good enough. I mean, if you're, if you fucking need this shit, like take, you know, spend the extra hundred bucks, dude, get solid shit and be familiar with it. And don't never feel bad about like, dude, I'm never going to get this shit exactly how I want this pouch in exactly the right spot. Dude, that's completely normal. Everybody fucks with their gear all the fucking time. Beat that to death. All right. Um, 
moving along then, man. Um, we talk about shooting, man, specifically shooting. The uh, kind of, I guess, the, the buzzword that I had heard once was combat effectiveness. So when we talk about combat effectiveness, it's kind of like there is no one size fits all, man. There's kind of a fucking debate. Like, what are you trying to do, man? If you're if you're like Joe fucking assassin, if you're trying to shoot that one guy with one shot and make him go away and then you disappear into the woodwork. OK, there's a very definite line in the sand on like this is what you have to fucking do for mission success. If you're just trying to get the fuck out of Dodge. All right, if you sling around, ba-bam, and the guy like, woo, and he sketches and runs off, is that combat effective? Yes, it is. All right, so again here, like, you don't have to, you don't have to get in the weeds on like, I need to be balls on, sniper accurate with every fucking round. All right, sometimes a little faster is better, but you got to walk that tightrope, man, of like, how fast is fast enough? How fast is too fast? Where you're throwing shit into the walls, all right? And you're throwing, you're just scaring the guy. And he's like, what the fuck? All right, you can't like Somaliize this shit and just hold a gun up over your head and like, I shoot him. Allah will guide my bullets. Like, that's not going to fucking work, dude. So shooting then. Um, let's talk that real fast, man. So as you're working your your shooting skills, um, something that like as as an operator you get sent to a lot of different courses in a lot of different places so one that um, eh, how can I say well I don't want to give details dude but uh, what I can tell you man is that the best way to get good at this is to start slow all right world-class shooters go to the range every time and you will imagine that they go out there and just like bam, 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 and start slinging lead no World-class shooters go out there and they warm up one round at a time. Very, very slowly. You watch them. You watch what they're doing. Plink. And then they pull it back. Another round. Plink. And then they pull it back. The difference between them as world-class shooters and then just some dickhead out there plinking is the mental program that's going on. So what I mean by mental program is like the mental steps that they're going through with every round. So when you just start, what they're going to tell you is talk yourself through it. Talk yourself through every round. So when we're doing pistol rounds, uh, the, the easiest, like the, the pistol is like the easiest one I could talk through. It's like the one that people are most familiar with. So when we're going from the holster, all right, like my mental program, the one that I went through was like fast, slow, fast, slow, thumbs, hands, arms, sight, squeeze. All right. So when we say fast, slow, fast, slow, fast going to the holster. So like two thirds of the way, your hand moving to the holster, you're moving fast, fast, slow. Now slow as you grab the weapon and get good hand placement on the weapon, good hand placement being your hand up high, your, your main grip hand up high on that weapon. And so now that's fast, slow. Now fast again, fast out of the holster and down range. And now fast out of the holster and down range. And now slow as you start to bring it forward. Your thumbs are going to marry up, so there's thumbs, and now hands. When I'm talking hands, I'm talking about uh, like 90%, like as hard, like 90, 95%, as hard as you can with that support hand. That's the hand that's not going to be pulling the trigger. And then about 75% squeeze, like squeezing, not super, super hard, but hard enough that that thing's not going to get away from you. All right, and then you got your trigger finger. So thumbs marrying up, hands squeezing just like I told you, sight. So you're talking about sights. With me, then I'm looking for that front sight to pop up. I've got that pistol held at about a 45 degree angle as I start to bring it up. And now I'm catching that front sight. And as I catch that front sight, 
sight. Now I got that front sight and now I'm going to raise those rear sights up slightly so that they align flat, level, and even right where they're supposed to be. So there's sight and now squeeze. And now this is really finishing the squeeze because you should be taking slack. And these are all things that, you know, if you go to one of these courses, I'm spitting this shit out like stereo instructions, you know, super, super fast. But as you bring that thing out of the holster, you're going to take the slack out of the trigger. So as you put your finger on the trigger, you feel there's like blip, 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 like a little bit of slack, right? So you're going to take that slack as soon as it comes out and you've got it pointed down range. So thumbs, hands, arms. So you're squeezing your arms, right? You're squeezing your forearms and squeezing your triceps, in this case, against the side of your body armor, but just tensing them up. And now sights as you're picking them up flat, level, and even, right where they're supposed to be, and now you're going to finish that squeeze. So you've got that slack out, and as you get those sights lined up perfectly, flat, level, and even over the target, and a perfect target picture right over the target where you want it to be, that's where you're going to finish that squeeze. So now, boom, as soon as that shot goes, you reset the trigger, so you kind of let your finger off a little bit and take that slack again, and now this is where you're going to take that second sight picture like I talked about at the very beginning, where like if I need to take another shot, my sights are lined up, I'm over the target where I need to be, my hands are squeezing the way they should, my arms are tight, and I'm ready to take another shot. So if that guy doesn't fall down, now I'm ready to engage and like zap and burn him down again, okay? So that's the mental program, so that's just one shot, all right? So the reason that it's like talk, talk, talk all the way through this thing, when you go and you get in a real engagement, your brain is just going to do all of this on its own. It's just going to be like sight squeeze, sight squeeze, sight squeeze. Okay, that's all it's going to do. But you got to build up to that because you will do, when you, when you fucking go to plaid, when it's like, holy fuck, I'm going to die, your body will just do what you've been practicing. All right, you'll never like magically perform perfectly you will only do what you have practiced doing, all right? And if that's dumping brass into your pockets or if that's just slinging lead downrange, that's what you'll do, all right? But if you practice like this, practice hard, then when it gets hectic, then you'll just like, boom, you'll just execute. And all those steps that you've talked through, they'll become just one single action, and that's what you want to get to. All right, so talking about um, real quick on side-ins, um, you know, some dudes will go and, and they'll sight in for like, I want to be able to burn a motherfucker down at 100 yards. For your purposes, man, probably you're not ever going to have to shoot anybody at 100 yards. If you're 100 yards away, like you should be disappearing into the woodwork. Um, typically, an average contact will be like 10 to 15 yards. So that's when somebody, like a lot of times it's like somebody pops out, uh, you didn't expect to see them, maybe they expected to see you. But now hostilities ensue, and now you're trying to break contact. Usually that's a lot closer than what guys have sighted in for. All right, so looking at what you're planning to do, like, and I, I ain't even say, like, you're planning to go and do some shit. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, look ahead, think ahead. What might I get involved in? If you were in, like, South Africa on some farm, and you see, like, the Timbuk Club coming up your fucking dirt driveway with a rifle in hand, right? Like five uh, five swarthy locals with rifles in hand. I'm not going to wait till they get fucking 10 yards away, dude. If they're fucking 100 yards up the road, I'm going to start now. I'm engaging now, okay? Because I see what's coming. They're only coming one way. I'm on a fucking farm, for Christ's sake. Where else do you think they're going with rifles? They're coming here, right? So I'm going to engage now. In that case, I would side in at 100 yards, okay? So when we're talking sight in here, 
sight in like that, dude, where am I going to probably engage? If you have different weapons, like I saw a few guys in this video, some guys have longer barrel rifles. Uh, I don't think, I don't remember if anybody had anything shorter barreled, like a, a uh, how can I say, an AR pistol, if you like. Uh, but whatever you've got, if you've got multiple types of weapons, um, feel free to like designate these things as like, all right, man, if somebody's in the house, I'm going to use this. If somebody's, you know, whatever, coming up my mile long driveway with a gun in hand, I'm going to use this. Feel free to plan this way, dude. That's, that's, uh, that's all good for you. When you're engaging, um, especially the shorter range type stuff, do be aware that that offset of whatever sight optics package you have, that might create a little bit of distance. So if something, you know, if you're going to practice it, like you're going to practice some quick engagements from like five yards or seven yards or something like that, you might have to aim a little bit high, right? Because that round is going to be lower. It's not going to come up to meet that sight line until back at like 10, 15 yards where you've sighted it in, you know, if that's what you do. So, but do play around with that and get a feel for it because it is very much like there's a science to it, but there's also very much like an art. There's like a feel to this that you just kind of got to get used to. Okay, so then one one other thing I wanted to go over, and I don't want to get too far in the weeds here, I guess. I wanted to go over mag changes because I saw some guys doing mag changes here. You know, we'll talk mag changes, and then we'll talk um, like grip and stance type things. Uh, so mag changes. The idea on mag changes, one, is that you want to get it done quick. All right, obviously you want to get it done quick. Uh, a lot of these deals, you look at like a YouTube or something, and you'll see guys doing this thing where they're like, like they're in their living room type shit and the guy's, he's keeping the weapon shouldered and like bloop, bloop. And he's just doing it like standing right there. If this is your thing and you practice the fuck out of it, then cool, baby, do it that way. Most times though, and most times when you're in the shit, you're not going to be able to do that. What you are going to probably have to do is get a, get kind of a glance, get a look at what you're doing and make this mag change happen. So to make this happen fast, like there's a few factors that come into play here. One is the issue of intel. So when I say intel, what I'm talking about is you having eyes on your target. So what we would put out is, especially in like close quarters situations, like moving through a tight town or moving through like a structure, you want to have eyes up. You want to see where these motherfuckers are going. You want to see if you see heads bobbing around. If you hear a noise, you want to try to get a look or shadows or whatever. You want to be always keeping intel. Like the intel is coming in. Every time you got to look down, if you got to look down at your gear, like where did I put that fucking whatever, you're fucking up. All right. You don't want to do that. If it takes, like there's, again, like that happy medium, walk that tightrope. If you need to look down for a second to like, what the fuck is going on? Then fucking look, because it's better than standing or standing there all day, fucking around with your gear, trying to get this mag change done. So that's one thing then. You want to be always keeping as much intel as you reasonably can as you get reloaded. So to make this happen then, the, the best way to do this, and I'll say best here, like a lot of things I won't say best, best here is that you know when you reach for that mag, one, you know where that mag is. Two, when you pull that mag out, you've got that mag stashed in there in a way that you know when you pull it out, you know which way it's facing. All right, so I've seen some dudes do it uh, different ways. You practice it and you see what works best for you. Me, the way I like it is both pistol and rifle. When I put my hand on that mag, 
my uh, index finger, I'm reaching with my left hand, all right, because I shoot right-handed. I'm reaching with my left hand, and I'm going to grab that mag. So in this case, we'll say, we'll say, uh, we'll do a rifle change. So I'm reaching up here to my, where I have it on my plate carrier. And in this case, I'm going to tear that Velcro flap open. I'm going to get my wrist under it, and I'm going to grab the top of that mag with my index finger along the front of the mag where it curves inward, all right, the concave, I guess, surface. So my index finger is going to be on that concave surface with the palm of my hand on the bottom of that, that magazine. Makes sense? Now I pull this thing out. Okay, so now as I pull this out, it's going to be sitting in my hand with like the bullets will be facing up at the top there. And it'll be, if I hold it in my hand, like it should be kind of facing downrange. Okay, because I got my forefinger in the front there. Now to make this thing happen, all right, I'm, uh, I'm taking my uh, index finger of my right hand and I'm hitting that mag release. So this is on, a, this is on an AR-15. We can talk through, we can talk through, well, maybe we'll talk through an AK real quick, see how fast we get through this. But now with my index finger on my right hand, I'm hitting that mag release. So that mag usually will just fall right out. If it doesn't, you just give it a little shake, like side to side. And usually, like 99% of the time, that thing's going to pop right out, okay? So, like, drop that other mag. Now, when you seat this new mag, what you're talking about, instead of, like, you lowering your head or looking at this thing, you can just bring the weapon up to your face, towards your face, all right? And the way that I describe it, and I've heard other guys describe it, do it like texting and driving, right? Like, you're driving, you want to see what's going on, you're trying to keep that intel coming in, but you hold the fucking phone up, so you can see what's going on. So I can see, like, yeah, baby, uh, my folks just left town or whatever. But I'm, I'm looking at the phone, and I'm still driving down the road. So same thing with your weapon. Rotate that thing up so you can kind of look through where that mag is going to go. Not through the actual hole in the weapon. I mean, looking at the weapon, but looking past that. So you keep looking down range. See what's going on. At the same time, you're going to meet that thing up with the, with the magazine. On an AR, you're going to seat the back of it first. So the, the part nearest you as you would be shooting it, you seat the back of it, push the front of it in, and now you seat and pull. When you push a, a magazine in, especially within, it, within an AR, always seat and pull. So you seat that mag and you give it a little tug to make sure it's in there. The last fucking thing you need is like if there's a malfunction and you've jammed this thing full, you'll push it in there and then it'll fall right back out because there's too much shit going on for it to stay in there and catch. All right, so it won't seat all the way. So you push and pull. If you push and pull and it comes out, now you got a malfunction. We'll talk malfunctions another time. All right, or it's not all the way empty. But seat and pull, and now you uh, you've got your magazine in there to make sure that it always goes. I always put like 29 or 28, just to make sure. So even if for some reason I thought that the mag or the uh, that the weapon was dry, like I shot my last round. Uh, but for some reason I didn't, maybe I just had my head up my ass or if I'm just doing a combat reload where like I've been shoot, shoot, shooting and like, fuck dude, I need to get a new mag in before shit gets hectic and like, boom, boom. Like I do a quick mag change. If there's one still in the chamber and you have another AR mag that's like jammed all the way full, you try to shove it in there. It won't fucking go. All right. So don't load your mags all the way. So you got 28, 29, boom, you shove it in there. Seat pull. Okay. Now as here, assuming that the weapon is empty, you're just talking through like regular mag change. Now, you've got it in that driving and texting position. You seat and pull as you rotate this thing back to shoulder it and continue your engagement. You're going to push your thumb right towards that bolt release button, okay? 
So you're texting and driving, seat pull, you rotate, boom, you hit that mag release with your left thumb, and now you extend your hand right back out there to where you, you want your left hand to engage and, and continue getting it on when fire fight and fuck off down the road. If you're in a different situation where like there's like, I don't know, you're in fucking Way City or in you're in Baghdad, you know, or you're where the fuck ever you are and you got lots of cover, you got lots of time, you don't know exactly where the shots are coming from. Maybe it's way the fuck over there. Maybe they're all dead. Maybe they're all gone. I don't know. This is a time to start using cover. So using cover, I don't want to go too far down the road. Again, here, if you're going to use cover and get a reload, get over there and use the fucking cover. Like, don't be half behind cover. You like, you think it's not important? Go ahead and just shoot yourself in the knee and see, you know, if like, oh, shit, that is serious. Shoot yourself in the elbow. All right? You won't like that shit. Uh, kind of a, like I mentioned earlier, training scar is that when dudes, even when dudes train with like paintball, it becomes very easy to start thinking that like, oh yeah, bro, I'm behind the corner of this brick building. I'm fucking safe. I don't need to be especially careful. Dude, a fucking decent round, like a five, five, six round or a seven, six, two round will chew right the fuck through a corner of a brick building and you'll catch one in the fucking leg or in the arm and you'll be very unhappy. So you get cover. If you're going to use cover, use cover to get your mag change on. Now moving back out of cover again. So again, we were talking about you want to maintain collecting that intel. I want to know what's going on downrange. I want to know where these motherfuckers are. If you elect to get behind cover, do your mag change. All right, now you got to get back out there and engage again. Don't lead with your fucking face, all right? Because if I'm getting it on and I see a guy dip around a corner, I don't know if he's disappearing. I don't know if he's doing a mag change or whatever. If he's back there... Uh, you know, if he disappears around a corner and now I still hear like pop, pop, pop from somewhere else, you know, and if it's not aimed at me, I'm going to keep looking. If it is aimed at me, I'm going to express concern and do something different. But if there's still something going on, now I got to think like that motherfucker might pop back out. So I'm going to keep on that fucking corner. If that dude leads with his fucking head, like bloop, bloop, what's going on? Zap! You're going to fucking get it. All right. Instead, if you're going to pop out from that same corner, all right, get your weapon up. Just step back a little from that corner. And now, as you step out, now you can look down there and engage. You're ready to get it on if you see anything you need to rock and roll on. So, um, yeah, that pretty much covers generally the concept behind um, behind uh, mag changes. Well, with a, with, a, with a rifle anyway, with an AR. I'll talk through the specifics on, you know, we'll talk through specifics next time on like AKs and pistols. But um, the last thing I want to go over really quick is uh, like your grip and stance. So I'll tell you this, man. When I it was not till after I retired that I saw dudes doing that, and it's very common now. But you'll see dudes like at ranges, and they do this thing like if you're shooting where you're supporting hand, you're supporting grip. So if you're shooting right-handed with a rifle, it would be your left hand, your grip, and they'll reach way out there towards the end of the weapon. And almost where your arm is like straight and then like rolling your hand almost over the top of it. So your thumb is almost all the way over the top of the weapon. All right. And I saw this when I first saw this, I was like, this is the gayest looking thing I've ever seen in my life. You look like fucking Count Dracula trying to shoot a rifle right now. All right. But what I see then is that, um, you know, when you think of try this on man like I've told you guys a little bit like I got into the jujitsu thing for a little while and what I dig about it is that 
After you're at it for a little while, you can start to appreciate how much time a lot of these motherfuckers put into, like, your grip like this exactly here, or, like, using just this hand, or reverse your grip and put it over here. All these fucking details matter. Like, for a guy that doesn't know what he's doing at all, it's like, none of this shit matters, dude, because I don't have any idea what you're fucking doing. But when you're at it for a little while, you come to appreciate the differences of, like, grip here, not there, grip like this, not that. And it's always for a tactical advantage. So when we're talking about this grip on this rifle, when I see these dudes doing this, like this Dracula grip over the top, right? This, um, what I noticed in, cause when I've tried it out, is it now when I'm using that to pull the weapon back into my shoulder or to manage that recoil, what I see here is that I'm pulling with like with my back and with my shoulder to keep this thing tight. And it's keeping it a whole lot tighter so I can stay on target and like zap, 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 and just like keep dumping rounds a lot closer than if I've got like the broom handle grip, you know, like dudes would get, uh, like for a CQC type situation where you're gripping more underneath. Now you're just pulling with your bicep and also with a little bit of your back, but it's just a different pull. So now though, when you shoot is like boom, and like it takes a little bit slightly longer to get back on target, okay? The difference here though is, and why I bring this up, is that, um, you know, dudes will argue about this shit. And what I will say is use, like, practice what you think you're going to do. So even going into, like, doing the shipboarding thing, like I was talking about, moving through a ship, dude, a ship is super, super fucking tight. So you could get into a room with, like, four dudes, but there's going to be four dudes in there almost shoulder to shoulder. All right? So when you get in there like that, you ain't reaching over the top of this fucking thing. Like, you need to be tight, tight, tight. So that means you're going to have that broom handle. That means you're going to be hanging on underneath, all right? But any targets are going to be super close, so you don't have to be so, so fucking accurate. You don't have to manage that recoil quite so hard. You can like bang, 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 all right? And those rounds are going to be fine. So again, what I'm talking about here is like what applies to you? Like what are you going to be using? And then practice that. Practice both, dude, if you want. You know, if you think like, hey, moving through my house, like if, if it's you and you got two roommates... Maybe I'd practice doing some shit of like, yeah, dude, I need to stay tight. I need to grip like this. In terms of how you hold your weapon and how you present, there's a couple different versions here. So I saw some guys uh, with the video you guys had put out. I saw some guys working from the low ready. I saw some guys working from like, uh, like a very low ready. I don't remember if I saw anybody working from like a high ready. So the difference here, man, is again, this works kind of along a scale where like you're going to be in different postures depending on a situation. So what you're going to see, like if you're moving through something really tight, like say a ship or a building, you're going to want to be at something of a low ready so that anything that pops up, you can raise that weapon up, get that barrel up and like bam and engage straight away. Moving through something like a ship, we would always move at the high ready. All right. So when I'm saying high ready... What I'm talking about here is you've got this weapon, like imagine it at about a 45 degree. You're going to have your your support grip. You're going to have that right about shoulder level. And then you're going to have your your pistol grip where you like you're shooting your shooting hand, my shooting iron, your shooting hand. That's going to be like slightly lower. And then your eye line is going to be it's going to be right about where the front sights are. And it's going to be probably about a foot or so foot and a half from your face. The reason for this is that as you're moving through something tight, now say you come around a corner, if you come around with that thing in your shoulder, you come around the corner with that weapon in your shoulder, 
the uh, if there's a guy that doesn't like you so much standing around that corner, the first thing he sees is going to be that barrel. He can grab onto that fucking thing and sling your dumb ass into the room and just start punching you. And now it's like wrestle fucking mania and you got to contend with this shit. If you come through here more like a coiled spring, right, at the high ready, now as you come around that corner, he's going to see that barrel like maybe not even a split second before you see his fucking face and you can just like zap, like drive it right into his melon. The upside of this as well is that you come around the corner and I've done this shit like overseas where you come around a corner and it's some crazy old woman standing there trying to fuck with you. I'll tell you something about these old women, dude, old Iraqi women. These broads were a fucking trip, man. They would do this. They, they had this, there's this tribal tattoo and I don't, I've never seen it talked about anywhere. I don't know what the fuck, but like old school women there, they'll have this tribal tattoo that it's like just right in the goatee area. And you like, you know, these, these old bitches, like you see a woman with this, like she's not going to give you shit, dude. Like this woman has seen some shit. She has had a hard ass life. I don't give a fuck how many guns you have in my front room at three in the morning, dude. You can go piss up a rope. I'm not going to give you anything, but I've come around a corner and seen one of these old women and like, and she's like standing there not having, like, I know you fucking staged there on purpose, like hoping I'd either shoot you or crack the shit out of you, you know, so you can, I don't know, go in there and get some kind of free money. But when you're in this high ready position now, so you can kind of see over the top of this barrel or like right through that sight line. Now you come around there and now there's crazy old lady. You know, if it's crazy old lady, you can just kind of like boom, like just kind of scoop her off the wall, scoop her the fuck out of the way into the room. And now you ain't got to contend with her. If it's some bad guy, you can like, boom, like muzzle strike, drive that weapon straight through him. Then kind of reassess what you have going on. If this guy needs to get smoked, then smoke him. Otherwise, you know, the idea here is like, it gives you a second to assess, assess. It makes it so that um, somebody standing there can't get kind of the drop on you and grab onto your weapon. And now you got to slug it out. So it's just better business all around. In terms of uh, using the low ready, like you want to be able to re-engage quick, but it also needs to be a situation where like you're not blocking your view, right? So you don't want to be, you don't want that rifle up and level with your eyes down the sights. Like dudes used to say big vision, little vision, big vision, little vision. So you kind of lower that thing to a low ready and now like open your vision up, take in the room, take in the scene, take in the street, whatever it is. All right, see what the fuck's going on. And now if there's something to engage, get that rifle up again, like get it up and then zero in. In terms of movement, this is the last thing I'm going to cover and then we're going to leave it there. In terms of movement then, uh, again, this is like it's it's on a spectrum, on the spectrum, just like you. When you're moving, whether it's forwards or backwards, side to side, um, like just walking along in a permissive environment, man, this doesn't need to be rocket surgery. Just fucking walk, all right? Now, again, as it starts to get hectic, you go into a building, maybe it gets really dark, whatever. What you got to be thinking of is like, imagine that, um, that basement, you know, the, uh, the Hebrew basement under 770 Sidelock Boulevard. Like if you're walking through that shit in the dark, you're not going to be walking like just casual, casual. You're going to be kind of stepping slowly, slowly. You're kind of probing with a foot as you move along. All right, so this is kind of like the like the the other end of the spectrum. Like there's just walking, walking, and now there's like shuffling carefully, right? So you that I dude for my money that basement thing that's like the perfect scenario for what I'm talking about. So you're stepping, stepping. As you step, the idea here is for your feet to never be closer than shoulder width apart. 
all right? So as you walk, you're stepping out with a foot, stepping out with a foot, stepping out with a foot, and then you're bringing your other foot and the rest of your body up with it, you know, to, to where you're standing level again. You're moving along like this. So it's slow, but it also means you're not going to land on your ass, all right? So as you're practicing shooting and engaging and moving, like on a range, like with what I saw with uh, these guys, uh, you know, you, you good guys out there on the range moving backwards, you got to be doing the same thing, man. Probing with that foot, kind of stepping back with that foot, feeling is there something back there? Is there a high chair back there? Is there a soiled mattress back there? Is there a guy in a hat back there? All right, stepping, stepping, and that way you're not going to trip and land on your ass. All right. So that's all I wanted to hit on for this time. Next time we talk on this shit, man, I'll hit up um, I'll hit up some work as a group because I saw you guys communicating, like like uh, staying online, guys looking left, right, passing the word, good, good stuff. I'll hand you a little more useful info on that, man, and you guys can build on what you have already. But until next time, man, uh, I'm going to go see if I can find a decent cup of coffee and something to eat because I'm starving to death yet again. But until next time, man, feel free to leave this stuff where somebody can find it and uh, keep training hard, dude, because the world needs more people like us. But until then, keep your eyes on the horizon. Keep your neck out of the noose. I've been Coffee. These are my takes.